I was impressed to share this scripture with you. Welcome to everybody that's joining us online. All of uh, Summit Nation out there, friends and guests. Thank you, Lord. I was impressed to share this scripture. Can I have some lights in the house? Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. We constantly share with you about God's unconditional love and righteousness, the grace of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace. And um, this is the message that we need to share with the world, those around us. And, and um, one of our focuses this year, one of the things the Lord is showing me is uh, evangelism. It's really strong on my heart. We have an evangelism team. I encourage you to, to join that if, if, you're, if you're led, if you're impressed. We're putting together an evangelism team. It's already being formulated both in Fort Wayne and in Indy. In fact, I want to let the Indianapolis campus know that next Sunday we're, we're going to uh, make a trip to Indianapolis. Uh, Carla and I, Jeff and Molly, who's over our evangelism group here in Fort Wayne and really for both campuses. So uh, we're all going to come to Indianapolis next Sunday afternoon. I'm hearing something funny, something coming from somewhere, a monitor or something. I don't know. But um, if you can turn me down some. Um, okay, so next Sunday, which is the 28th, we're going to uh, have a meeting in Indianapolis. What time? I don't know, y'all. But it, it, uh, we'll, we will uh, announce it next Sunday. It will be Sunday afternoon. Uh, but we'll announce that. But I just want, want to let y'all know in, in Indianapolis that we're coming to you. We're putting together a team in Indianapolis just like we have here in Fort Wayne. Praise God. And I encourage you right now to, to, to share this uh, with Everybody, everybody you know, praise God, share this post on Facebook or wherever you're watching. Share the link on YouTube so we can expose more people to the Word of God. This is something that you can do to reach people right now. You can share this broadcast to everybody just with a couple of clicks, all right? So uh, we encourage you to do so. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 Therefore, I intend. Everybody say intend. See, Peter is writing here, and he, he's intentional. And I love this. I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them. See, even though you hear certain truths about grace, about righteousness, about God's love, we need to keep, keep hearing them. You can't hear enough about the love of God. You can't hear enough about God's unconditional love and grace because it is the gospel. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Peter says, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Watch this. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. 
even though you know them, even though you're established in this truth, he said, I think it's right. I feel you, Peter. I, feel, I think it's right, too. As long as I'm in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Thank you, Lord. So with that in mind, we're going to jump into the word today. I've got a lot to cover, so we're going to dive right in. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Are you, are you excited about the vision that God is going to, if he hasn't already, put in your heart for 2021? Amen. Are you doing your, uh, your assignments? Okay. What's the assignment? Well, we're going to read, well, we're going to, excuse me, pray the Ephesians 1 prayer daily. All right. And what else? You're going to get a, a, a journal and write down what the Lord shows you. When you see what he's, what he's saying to you, write down what he's saying to you. Keep, keep, it, keep it handy. All right? Keep uh, something, your, your journal, whether it's digital, I, I prefer I don't have a problem with digital. If that's how you roll, that's fine. But I like writing, writing it down on paper in a, in a physical notebook. But whatever it is, keep it handy. Keep it somewhere with you. If you can't have it, um, if it's not convenient for you to have it during the day, um, then everybody pretty much has got a smartphone right now. So jot it down somewhere in your, your note app on your phone, and then transfer it to your journal later. Keep it uh, by your nightstand. All right? Uh, so, so why? Because we're praying that God will give us um, revelation, right? We're praying that, that we would know what is the hope of his calling? That's the call that he has on your life. And so when he gives that to you, make sure you have something to write it down so you won't lose it. Amen. Because it's important. What God is saying to you is important. Without a vision, people perish. We learn that the word vision is hazon in the Hebrew, that word for Vision in Proverbs 29 is hazon, which means a prophetic vision from God. This is not a vision that people get when they sit around a corporate boardroom and come up with uh, and ask everybody what their thoughts are about a vision. And they come up with a vision statement. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a vision that comes from God. All right? That's what the Bible talks about. Okay? And um, we're going to begin in John chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, however, when, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. See, the, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And the, and the scripture says, when the, when the spirit of truth has come, and he has come. I said, he has come. Thank you, Lord. He... Not it, but he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, 
he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The King James says he will show you things to come. All right? Now, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. See, it's not about your love for God, but about his love for you. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. How many of you know you're raised with him? You're also not just raised with him, but seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? Say, I'm seated. But for what? Watch this. I love this. Look at this next verse. Why are we seated? So that in the coming ages, he might what? Show. <laughs> he wants to show you something. What? The immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He wants to show you how good he is to you. He wants to show you vision for your future. So pray the Ephesians 1 prayer daily, Summit Nation. Okay? Now, pray this in faith. See, the Bible says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. First, let me go, go through this uh, prayer. So how do, how do I pray this prayer? Pastor, you say, how do I pray it? So let me show you how to pray it. This is an example, okay? Well, let's read it first. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. So you, you, you pray it like this. Very simple. Don't make it complicated. It's simple. Father, I, I pray that you would give me. See where it says, may give you. Now he's praying it over the church of Ephesus. Now you're praying it over yourself. You say, Father, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, I pray that the eyes of my heart would be flooded with light. That's from the Amplified. That's how I pray it, but you can pray it like this. Father, open the eyes of my understanding. Cause the eyes of my heart to be... Uh, I'm praying it again from the Amplified. Father, I pray that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope to which you have called me, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that I may know what is the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your great might. All right, got it? Okay, it's that simple. 
And see, James says in James 1.5, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he that doubts like, is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For, for let not that person think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. So expect. So when you pray this, don't just, okay, I, I got it done for today. I'm good till tomorrow. Expect God to speak to you. Expect God to show you. Expect God to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Expect God to give you uh, hope for your, or excuse me, um, to give you your purpose, what he's called you to do. That you'll get a greater revelation of, of the inheritance that he has put on the inside of you that's available to every one of us as children of God. That you would know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Boy, when you get a revelation of the power of God that lives in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you, you become a different person. You become unstoppable. Amen. You're not afraid of anything because you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. God used all his power. We, we looked at this last week in verse 19 and verse 20. It uses four words uh, to express God's power. And that was used when Jesus was raised from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you because Jesus has been glorified. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he, he talked about the time that we're living in, that out of, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, okay, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus, it, it says that Jesus was not glorified. But Jesus has been glorified. Thank you, Jesus. And so now we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. And he wants to show you about your future. He wants to show you things to come. Now, in the Bible, we see that and we'll look at one of these examples today, that even unbelievers, we saw it in Cornelius, even unbelievers can receive a, a vision from God. But watch this. Unbelievers don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. So it takes a believer to interpret. Nebuchadnezzar got a dream. We're going to look at that today. But it took Daniel to interpret the dream. See, see, Neb, Neb got a vision or, or, or got a dream, but he needed Daniel to interpret. The same thing happened with uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh had a dream, but it took Joseph, a man of God, to interpret that, that dream. Okay? Um, in fact, it says, um, I believe I have that scripture here. In Genesis 41:38, and Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Thank you, Lord. Now, as I said, the Spirit 
has been given because Jesus has been glorified. And we looked at this in the last days, Acts 2.17. In the last days, it shall be that God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons, everybody say all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men dream dreams. See, this is, the, this is the new covenant. And in the new covenant, all will know me. See, this reminds me of Hebrews chapter 8. All shall know me. It says, in this new covenant, it's not like the old covenant. And every man and, 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 and neighbor shall say, Every man will teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh. All shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. So in the last days, we should expect this to happen. What? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We need to learn to daydream with the Holy Spirit. When you get things from God, see, your heart has eyes, right? So when you get things and write them down, daydream about, they about it. I want you to get a hold of this. Vision from God. See, visions and dreams, same thing. They come from God. Visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's, let's dive into this some more. The, the first way, the number one way that God leads his, his people is through the word. Okay? So it's important that you get established in the word. You don't have to fear getting a vision from the devil as long as you know the word. You know the difference. The, the, the devil will give you visions that don't line up with the word of God. None of the devil's visions, not, not, nothing that the devil will show you will line up with the word. Amen? And so... And then God will never give you a vision that does not line up with the word. It's important that you understand that. Okay? And I want to talk about the difference between, it's very important that we understand the difference between prophecy in the Old Covenant and prophecy in the New Covenant. In the, in the Old Covenant, prophecy was about foretelling the future. In the new covenant, it's about forth-telling. Another way to say it is there was revelation involved in prophecy in the old covenant, but in the new covenant, we'll see this in the word, the simple gift of prophecy has no foretelling in it. All of us in the new covenant can have a prophetic word. But we have to differentiate that 
from Old Covenant, Old Testament prophecy. And there was a lot of judgment, and you've got to be really careful about this because some people confuse the two because they don't understand the difference in covenants. Because in the Old Covenant, there was uh, oftentimes judgment involving prophetic utterances in the Old Testament. But that's no longer true in the New Testament. We don't prophesy judgment in the New Testament. Prophecy in the New Testament is not negative. It's always positive. It's always to exhort. It's always to build up. It's always to comfort. Now, I'm, I'm going to say that with a caveat. There may be an element of negative in it, but it ends up in a positive. Like it might be, okay, um, you're going through something right now, you're going through a difficult time, but you're coming out of it, and you're coming out of it, you're going to shine brighter when you're coming out of it, you know, when, when you go through it. Amen? So there may be an element of negative in it, but it ends up in positive. Now, in the Old Covenant, Old Covenant prophets, they prophesied judgment sometimes because there was a lot of judgment in Old Testament prophecy. That's because they were in a different dispensation. They were under the law. Okay? But we're under grace, so there is no judgment. Because Jesus took our judgment on the cross. And another difference is, in the Old Covenant, the only, only person who prophesied was the prophet, the priest, and the king. Mainly the prophet. Mainly the prophet. Okay? But in the New Covenant, all of us can prophesy. So why, why could only the prophet, priest, and the king pro, uh, prophesy in the Old Covenant? Because they're the only ones who had the Spirit. The Spirit had not yet been glorified. And, and they didn't even have the Spirit of God living in them. The Spirit of God came upon the prophet, priest, and king in order to, to enable them to function in the office that God had called them, but even they did not have the Spirit of God living in them. But in the New Covenant, everybody can prophesy, all will know me from the least to the greatest, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy because the Spirit of God has come upon all flesh. Amen. Everybody who receives Jesus can prophesy. Now, there is such a thing as a new covenant prophet, but even a new covenant prophet. Now, that's, a, that's another element of, of prophecy, and they will prophesy about, let's say, world events. But as a believer, God is not going to give us stuff about world events. He's going to give you a prophecy about your own life, your assignment, your career, your, your ministry, 
Okay, but stay away from world event prophecy and leave that to the prophets, people who operate in the office of a prophet, because there are prophets in the new covenant. But even new covenant prophets, prophets do not prophesy gloom and doom. If you hear people prophesying gloom and doom and call themselves a prophet, they are a non-profit corporation. They may be called to be a, a, a prophet, but they're misinformed. Because, see, see judgment, um, there will be a coming judgment. Um, God will, will there will be a coming judgment in the future. But the judgment concerning sin has already been dealt with in the body of Jesus on the cross. That's why there is no judgment, there's no condemnation for you today. Oftentimes in the, uh, or there, uh, I should say the, in the Old Covenant, the Old Covenant prophet, prophet was called a seer. Let's see if I have that. In, yeah, 1 Samuel 9, it says, formerly, this is concerning uh, Samuel. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, come, let us go to the seer. For today's prophet was formerly called a seer. And it, they were called a seer because they would see into the future. Now, as I said, in the new covenant, everybody can prophesy. Habakkuk 2, we looked at this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still, see it says, write it. Everybody say, write the vision. Okay, that's why I'm encouraging you to get a, a journal somewhere where you can write it down. All right? And so, and then, Daydream with it. Go back over it and, and keep going over and over what God puts on your heart because God wants to do a new thing in your life in 2021. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see your testimonies about it. Look at verse 3. For still the vision awaits for its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, wait for it. It will, it will surely come. It will not delay. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And just ask the Lord as you're praying. And as, as we've seen, visions came often when people were praying. We looked at those examples in the New Covenant. And when you're praying, ask the Lord, Lord, how do, how do you see my family? How, how do you see my career? How do you see my business? How do you see my ministry? How do you see my future? Okay? And then write down what he says. It's, it's, it's that simple. Praise God. Now, um, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to look at... Uh,
prophecy in the new covenant. It says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies. This is what the scripture says. Now, uh, mark this in your Bible. This is what the scripture says about new covenant prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and what? Consolation. Not gloom and doom. Not judgment. It's for their upbuilding. And encouragement and consolation. And God will give you things not just for yourself. Sometimes God will give you something for somebody else. A, a, a prophecy for somebody else. Now sometimes people think of visions as, as just something that, uh, you see an angel or you see the Lord. That's not the norm. You may never see an angel in your entire life. Okay? Some people want to see angels. Some people don't. It really doesn't matter to me. I know that, that they're there. Some people are not excited about seeing, you know, a 10, 11, 12-foot angel at the foot of the bed in the middle of the night. I mean, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> There's a reason why when the angels would show up, when, you, when it, talk, it talks about angels in the Bible and the angel shows up, the first thing they say sometimes is fear not. <laughs> I get it. But see, it's just important for us to know that uh, angels are there. But sometimes people just think that, that that's... To, to see a vision, now, just throw that out of your mind. That, that to see a vision, that means you got to see an angel or or see the Lord. No, God, it, 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 it's it's God speaking to you in your heart, showing you something in your heart, and God speaks in pictures. He'll show you things. Write down what He shows you. You may want to draw it, but keep it in front of you. It's important not just write it down and write it down and set it down and forget about it. No, keep it in front of you. And get excited about it. Praise God about it. Even if you haven't gotten anything yet for 2021, thank him for it anyway. Thank you, Lord, for the vision you're going to give to me. Amen. And sometimes God will give you something for somebody else. But it's always for their building up. See, God's not going to give you stuff like, oh, I see darkness. 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 It's going to be a horrible 2021. That's not, is that building up? Is that encouraging? Is that a consoling? Then it's not from God. It's that simple. So when people come up to you, and they, I don't care how spiritual they look. Mm, wait a minute. Mm. And making faces mm, like, like they're really deep. And, they, and then, they, then they open their mouth and judgment starts coming out of their mouth. No. It might have an element of, of negativity to it, like, like I said, but it's going to end up in, in something positive. Like if somebody comes up to you and say, okay, I, I know you're dealing with something right now. 
I see that you, you, you're dealing with some, some things right now. You're in a, in a tough place, but you're coming out of this. I see a bright future for you. I see the, God, the blessing of God coming on you and overtaking you. You don't have to come up with anything new. And guess, guess what? All that lines up with the word, right? Amen. And so let's be alert and speak encouraging words, not just to, to other believers, but be sensitive to people around you that don't know the Lord. It could be the very thing that turns them to the Lord. And unknowingly, sometimes you will have a, a, a word of knowledge which is a revelation of the present, or a word of wisdom, which is a revelation of the future, you might have that for someone. Now, that's not prophecy, but sometimes prophecy can carry a word of, of wisdom or, or a word of knowledge, which is one of the uh, 12, excuse me, not one of the nine manifestations of the Spirit. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But let's be alert. Let's have our spiritual antennas up because we can reach people for the Lord. Amen. We should expect the gifts of the Spirit to be in manifestation. Look at Isaiah. When Jesus said, when he came on the scene in his earthly ministry, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those that are bruised Bruce, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, this is a, he's quoting from, he's speaking about himself. Oh, Jesus was bad. When I say bad, I mean bad, good. Like, I mean, he just shows up when he first burst on the scene and uh, he goes to church. He picks up the book. He stood up to read. They thought he was just going to read like everybody else. And, uh, and he said what I just said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. because They think he's just reading about the Lord who is to come. But he's standing in front of him reading. He's reading about himself. <laughs> he got up and found himself in the Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, set at liberty those that are bruised, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And it said, he, he closed the book. <laughs> and, he, and he gave it back to the person uh, who was intending. It's basically, I'm the one. But we need, watch this, we need to close the book where Jesus closed the book. Because he's quoting from Isaiah 61, but he stops at a particular place. He stopped at, see, to proclaim the year of the Lord. But Isaiah goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Look, he didn't read the day of vengeance. Because that's not for us today. That's for another day. 
He proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor, and then he closed the book. And we need to close the book where Jesus closed the book. It's not the day of vengeance. It's not the day of judgment. Jesus took all of our judgment. He took the judgment for all of our sins on the cross. And Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Close the book. We are not living under judgment. There is no judgment. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There was some, something about when he, when he read the scripture because he stopped at to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, there's no insignificant details in the Bible. There's a reason why he stopped there and didn't go on to talk about vengeance because that's not the time we're living in. Again, because Jesus took our judgment. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and, 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 and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. I wonder why. Because he read it like nobody else read it. He was reading about himself. This is a manifestation of what Isaiah was saying. See, he, he wasn't reading Luke. He was reading Isaiah. <laughs> he was reading Isaiah. Luke is for us. But they, he's reading out of that, and he's reading about himself. See, the, the Bible tells us that the scriptures point to Jesus. He said, you search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. And that was, that was an example of that. Okay, let's go, go back. Let's, let's talk about Daniel. Daniel was a prophet in, in Daniel 1.17. Now, let me give you a, a little backdrop. King Nebuchadnezzar, basically, they, they besieged Jerusalem. Okay? And then he asked for uh, certain youths who had a certain kind of skill set who had wisdom and knowledge to pick among uh, uh, the young folks or the young men in, uh, in Judah. And so Daniel and his three friends were uh, a part of that group and they were brought before King Nebuchadnezzar's court. It's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. I mean, a bendigo. <laughs> okay. Um, in the first, excuse me, verse, chapter 1, verse 17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning. And this is in a covenant that's not as good as ours. So how much more should, should we expect this? For you, for your children? Amen. Pray this over your children. Pray what? God gave them those four youths and they're teenagers at this time I believe. Gave them learning and skill. Man, this is something all parents got teenagers I'm going to get to this. See them the way God sees them. Don't see them the way they are. That can be difficult sometimes. 
God gave them learning and skill and all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in what? All visions and dreams. Watch this. Um, now, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had a vision, or excuse me, had a dream, and nobody could interpret it. He called all of his magicians and astrologers, and nobody, and, and he actually, he asked them a hard thing. He wanted somebody to <laughs> tell me, t- tell me the dream, and uh, I was, my wife had a little accident down there, uh, and she fell asleep and <laughs> knocked off the, all right, y'all stay awake. Now, I don't know if she was sleeping or not. I'll, I'll find out later. <laughs> what was I talking about? Yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar asked his peoples, all these magicians, astrologers, and so forth, a hard thing. He told them, look, tell me what I dream and give me the interpretation. Don't just give me an interpretation because y'all can fake me out. You're going to have to tell me the dream and the interpretation. Okay, nobody could do it. But you know what? Daniel and his... Friends, ask for mercy from God. For, for, they ask for mercy to receive the interpretation. Mercy from God for God to give them the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now again, throughout of your mind that every time you get, get a vision, it's got to be a vision of an angel or something like that. No, he, he got this in a vision of the night. We're going to see how Daniel received visions. Okay? Now you, yours may come in the daytime, but I want you to, sh- I want you to see different ways that you can get visions. Look at chapter 7 and verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. That's why it's good to have something on your nightstand. He got it as he's laying on his bed, in his bed. And what did he do? He wrote it down. I love to have something. I've had experiences with this. I've had experiences where I didn't write it down and I forgot what it was. Man, it was so good. What was it? And I know what it is. I mean, I I go through this. Sometimes, I mean, I went through this recently. I was really sleepy. I really didn't want to get up and start writing something down because I thought it would wake me up and the sleep was so good. But what I got was so good. So write it down. Then he wrote down a dream and told the sum of the matter. God gave him the king's dream, told him what the dream was, and the interpretation. Isn't that good? Look at chapter 2, verse 29. 
To you, O king, as you lay in bed, thoughts came thoughts of what would be after this. Again, the king, he had a dream, and this dream was from God, but it took a man of God to interpret it. And Daniel said, the dream came to you when you were laying in your bed. See? As you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, according to this, I'm about out of time, but that clock up there, they they cheat me up there, so I'm, I'm going to go by, by my clock. A few, a few more uh, minutes. Okay. So, ah, let's see. Let's go to Hosea. Hosea chapter 12, verse 10. I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. I love this. God, he multiplies visions. As opposed to what we read in another place in the Old Covenant where the, that where, uh, the visions were rare in those days. Prophetic vision, Hazon vision was rare. Amen. We should be seeing multiplied visions in these days. Amen. And through the prophets gave parables or, or symbols. See, even in the New Covenant, when visions are, are, are given, they can be in a parable or symbolic form. Like when Peter saw the sheep come down with all the animals. That was, a, that was in, in a symbol. Okay. And those animals, it wasn't about animals. It was about people. Okay. Now, let's shift gears here. Um, we, we wrap this up. Thank you, Lord. The scripture, the word of God is inspired. So we can see God gives us his own vision in the scriptures. This is an example. And we should see the way that our father sees. And this will help you in your life uh, concerning your wife, concerning your husband, concerning your children, concerning your business. Your wife, here's an example of your wife. If those of you that, that are husbands, your wife will be like a fruitful vine. See, God speaks in pictures. He could just say, I'm just going to give you a wife. But he says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. See, a, a vine, now my, my tablet's flashing me now. It says I got two minutes. See, a, a vine in those days, I mean, well, in these days too, produces grapes. And see, which means that your wife is meant to, God gave you a wife, husband, to intoxicate you. Don't everybody say amen at once. But your, your wife will be like a fruitful vine. So this is how we ought to see them. 
on the inside of us. The men woke up, I think. It goes on to say, your children will be like, what? Olive shoots. See, what, what is God doing? He's giving us a picture. You know, uh, olive trees, they're known for their longevity. You know, olive trees uh, uh, last for 2,000 years. So your children will be like olive shoots. Not that they're going to live 2,000 years, but <laughs> amen. they're going to be like olive shoots. So, so what, what's God doing? He's giving us a picture. He's giving us a picture. So don't see your wife as she is if she's not like what you see in the word. The word gives us a picture that she'll be like a fruitful vine instead of God saying, well, you know, I'll give you a wife. He'll show you what what your wife is, it looks like, what his picture of your wife is. Amen? Behold, verse 4, uh-oh, I got stuck there, switching it. But anyway, verse 4 says, Behold, thus shall, be, shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Okay? So, an example of, of this concerning your wife is like in, in your private thoughts. Just see, see your wife as somebody you enjoy and love spending time with. See, that's his own vision. Because the scripture is inspired. The scripture will show you a picture. Look at Psalm 92, verse Verse 12, it says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. And it said, you shall flourish like, the, like a palm tree and grow like a cedar. Huh? Grow like a what? Like a cedar in Lebanon. That's strong. See yourself strong. See, the Bible tells us uh, pictures of the righteous. Amen? He could have just said you're blessed, and that's a generic term. But he said we're, we're going to flourish. That's talking about you right there. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They, they shall bear fruit in old age. As you advance in age, you're going to bear fruit. You're not going to be creeping around and slow and can't do nothing. But get that picture about your youth being renewed. Don't say, man, my mind not like it used to be. No. Says who? A lot of times people, you know, I don't, I don't remember like I used to. Don't say that. Thank you, Lord. I've got the mind of Christ. Get that image. See, when you get that image, you're going to speak in line with the word of God. Okay, blessed is the... I'm in overtime right now. I'm going to come back to this. There's a lot in this right here. Blessed is the man. Watch this in, in Isaiah 17. Um, okay, we're back on. Skip some, but 
Blessed is the man. Jeremiah, we'll close with this. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts, trusteth in the Lord, whose hope is a confident expectation of good. Whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a what? Tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. See, when the difficult times come, you don't see it. You don't see when it's heated. You don't deny it. You're just not moved by what you see. Her leaf shall be green and, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. See, the heat comes, but you, you just don't see it when you're blessed. But let, let's look at the cursed person. He shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes. See, good comes to, to even the cursed person, but they don't see it. But shall inherit and inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not be inhabited. See, good comes to the, to the cursed man, but see, all he does is complain. Why do you complain? You complain because you don't see the good. You just see the bad and everything. Some people have a, have a problem for every solution. Because all they do is see, they, they see the bad and stuff, not the good. Try looking at the good. It's just a shift. Don't, don't think like the cursed person. Think like the blessed person. The heat comes to all of us, but see the good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father. No person will leave here with their spiritual needs unmet in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God is a good God.